Before we get started, I'd like to issue a brief apology for us missing last week's episode, which will be today's episode. Thank you. I had a tough week last week to, in, you know, to play it down, but I don't know how to explain it, but I was in, I had a major depressive episode. I don't know what caused it, what brought what brought me into it, but it was it was the worst I've felt in a very long time, and I had cancer this year, so I would know. It was just, it was unexplainable, a weird shift. It was almost like a, like a finger snapping. Immediately I went to this weird dark place and I, I couldn't get out. I was, I was sleeping all the time. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything productive. Everything, no joy was derived out of anything I did at all that week. Work, therapy was hard, everything. So I could, I didn't even have the ability or the physical energy to do a podcast last week and I do apologize I mean you don't do apologize for that people definitely understand that was my Bill Clinton speech I was very sad last week (laughs) I didn't mean to not record Um, I feel like we could say you're still in it a bit I don't know everything it's I'm in a weird limbo thing where I'm very emotionally fragile and everything is just coming at me very quickly Everything feels overstimulated. I feel overstimulated. Everything, my surroundings, the colors, the sounds, everything's bothering me. But I'm, 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 I'm managing. So that's all I can say. But we want to give you a brief synopsis of our last two weeks, which have been both sad and interesting at the same time. So I'm going to ask Morgan. Apparently Morgan is an up-and-comer, and she applied to the PAGE program for NBC, which is... The ballsiest move. I'm very proud. Thanks, Rob. Her ovaries are just ballsy. Ew. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, this is my second time applying, and it's something that's like 2% of people get it, and I just applied again. I put the podcast as a link for a blog I had. They, they have this whole section, like, if you have a blog or anything you've made, post it here. And I attached the podcast, and I got to the second round. So I did the online interview, and I should find out next week if I made it to the third round of interviews. And that's the in-person. Yeah, that's in-person. I would be at 30 Rock being interviewed. That would be insane. Yeah. That's wild. That's your dream. You'll see Tina Fey in the hallway, and you'll poop your pants. Oh my god, she has glasses on in real life, too? She doesn't work at 30 Rock anymore. I know, but maybe she goes to visit for nostalgia's sake. Oh my god, if I saw Leslie Jones in the hallway, I would just, I would cry. What? Kate McKinnon? Kate McKinnon. Oh yeah, or... I would just seize up and then that's it. Anybody from SNL would be great to see. Yeah, definitely. That's such an insane, like the fact there's like a chance that you could be working there. I mean, I I really, really don't want to get my hopes up. Just the fact that I got this far, I'm, like, so surprised and excited, and it kind of validates me a little bit. There you go. That glimmer of hope, you can just smell yeah. success in the air. And that's why I've been in a really good mood these last two weeks, because it's, like, the hope. I haven't been rejected or accepted yet, so it's kind of the idea. And that that's what's worrisome, too, when there's a long application process. It gives you a lot of time to create these scenarios in your head of what it would be like if you're working there or like living in new york city and 
Yeah, so... So um, you've already lived it before you actually lived it? Okay. Kind of. Yeah, and then... And I follow the page program Instagram accounts and stuff, because, well, they give advice sometimes about the interview process on there, and then they post pictures there, and they're like, oh, working on the set, like, here's us and Hoda copy, and it's like, come on. Like, I just want to give that woman a hug. I don't like Hoda. Why? Both the her and Kathy Lee Gifford bother me. They're completely different ladies. Just Kathy be... Lee is like a like housewife persona, but Hoda is just an angel. I just don't like, I don't know, they're too loud for 10 a.m. They're drinking wine at 10 a.m. I'm like, come on, Hoda. Come on, Kathy Lee. I was listening to an interview of Seth Rogen, and he thought that was just like a shtick. Like, they would have like apple juice or something, but he said he went to go work on, do something on the show. And they're like, oh, what do you have to drink? He's like, oh, like a coffee. And they're like, no, 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 like for the air. Like, what will you drink? And he was just, he could not keep up with them, he said, <laughs> with yeah. how much they drink. So that I mean, was they impressive. Tr- they drink a lot of wine every day. They're seasoned. Seasoned, yes. But, all right. Also, Morgan is a thespian now. I don't know if I'd say that. I went to one acting class. <laughs> well, now she's in, she's into the zone. She's addicted. She's... She's going to be the next, uh, who's a good female actress? I'm trying to think. That is so sad that you can't even think of one oh, good wait, female I have, actress. It takes me a while, because there's a lot of good ones. Okay, Jessica Chastain, uh, Frances McDormand, uh, um, the, the... Viola Davis, Octavia Spencer. <laughs> I just watched movies with them. <laughs> Who's Octavia Spencer? She was in Shape of Water. She's in The Help. Oh, yeah. I like her. Yeah, she's really cool. I just she was the one that was like, eat my shit in The Help. But you guys thought, eat my shit. I love yeah. that. <laughs> that was her. Oh yeah, great. But these are all like Oscar nominated. You're on the you're you're up and, you're an up and comer. You <laughs> yeah, are. No. I um, it was really really cool. Someone in my class, uh, I'm not sure if it was a pilot for something, or like this film he wrote, but it was called Executive Powers, and he needed extras, and. Lauren Hermanson, episode three alum of the Talking Mules. Shout out, shout out. Love you, Lauren. So she came with me, and we were both extras, and I had never seen a movie set, a TV set, anything before, and I showed up, and I was like, this is so cool. The assistant director was really nice, and I told him I'd never been on a set before. He showed me around. He showed me the jobs of each individual person on the crew. He showed me the monitor and how, um, like, where the camera was and, like, the shot that they were going for and the director of this film is normally a a director of photography so he like has a really good eye and is normally the one in charge of just capturing the images and so he was explaining how it's really cool that they have a director of photography as just the overall director because the images are going to be really cool and it's going to look really pretty and all that stuff and it was really really exciting I loved learning about the behind the scenes stuff and the scene was where we are in the audience while this guy's bombing on stage doing stand-up. And, yeah, it was just fun. We had to just look really cringy. She got into the role heavy. <laughs> she was like, I made some faces. They liked the faces we made. And then they asked me to have an extra part. And I got an audit. Wait, no, you got a selfie. Yeah, well, well, so we were at first just in the background. And then they were doing close-ups on all of our faces and so they're just me and Lauren on the screen it was so cool the cameras just aimed at us 
and the guy, the director is like giving us direction, and he was like, "All right, now, yeah, he's like, okay, now look, um, like really just like sad for the guy, like look, <laughs> look like he's so pitiful, I'm like okay, just avoid eye contact, all that stuff," and we were just taking direction, man. <laughs> Like, it was so fun. Hey, man, we got into, like, an improvisational thing, and it was like, whoa, dude, we're just feeling the scene, the power, the passion. Um, well, and then the assistant director, who kind of had, like, taken us under his wing, he was like, wow, look at you guys, just following directions, doing what you're told. He's like, that's better than having talent, just follow directions. So, like, I don't know if that was, like, a dig, but I accepted it as a very good compliment. I don't know. Because, like, the truly talented actors are the hardest ones to work with. Edward Norton, I heard, is a bitch and a half. I heard that Daniel Day-Lewis is, like, horrifying because the man pretends to be another human being for, like, nine months of the year. Ugh, crazy. So, you and Lauren, you guys are just doing your job, smiling and waving. And so, yeah, and then at the end, they asked us to stay back out of all the extras to do a uh, little extra scene where he, where he asked um, the good comedian, not the one we were watching bombing, um, we asked him for a selfie and had to just be like fangirls, as is a common part of ladies. Oh, so you were typecast? Oh, you're typecast, yeah. I was like, we're just crazy ladies. You want to get them? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's my woman noise. But it was really cool because in the first week of me... Just I went to an acting class for the first time, trying it out, just seeing what I thought, and then immediately that week I was on a set seeing people that were re- like really good at their jobs. Like the guy that did sound for this little film that I got to watch, he did sound for Moonlight. The guy said, "Well, because uh, he's like a Miami-based person." So, oh yeah, so you were fan, you were double fangirling, yeah, like on the screen and in real life. Yeah, I love it. It was really, it was cool, and I, I don't know, I just felt very, yeah. very happy to be there, and it I'm got me really excited. I'm glad you got to experience that, something fresh, something new that kind of invigorates your soul and gets you ready for more things to do, you know, your potential career, be it not acting or something in the entertainment yeah. industry, you're well, on your and way. And just going there will help me, like, doing this podcast with my voice and all that stuff. We had to do all those little exercises to Yeah, and speak, speak from, from the diaphragm. Yeah, all that good stuff, and... They they gave me a play to read called Exonerated, and I was reading where it's this, like, 50-year-old woman who was on death row, but then ended up not doing it, and... Okay. Yeah, but she's a vegetarian, so... <laughs> you relate to her now. I guess I do. Have you made the full transition into vegetarianism? No. You're like, I sneak a chicken every now and then. Well, no, What how it works is if I'm buying stuff for myself or if i'm going to out to eat i will only order vegetarian stuff but if it's already purchased and like in the house i will eat chicken yeah but i don't eat beef or pork or anything like that how about fish yeah fish like i I won't order it at a restaurant unless it's sushi is it a health choice or is it environmental it's environmental choice and i don't know i guess i would just say i'm a flexitarian the thing is, you just have to eat meat in moderation to try to just not destroy our planet. Or, I mean, I feel like th- I had a weird, stupid joke thought the other day. I was like, all the problems for Morgan's environmental issues, is it's all people. We just need less people. Do you know what I mean? I was like, so, like, because all the people are draining the resources. 
we are we are consuming more than we produce at a rapid rate and that's what's causing this kind of catastrophe no we produce enough food for everyone in the world to eat the problem is, is the excess we, a lot of people eat in excess and that's the thing is that we eat more than the people that have no, no food what i'm saying is how we grow our food how we raise cattle and animals is it's done in a way that pollutes our waterways releases a lot of greenhouse gases into our atmosphere and we also are not helping develop nation nations that are developing to produce their crops in a green way yeah and we're not providing resources to developing countries we're taking advantage of these developing countries yeah causing our, um... more people to be born because once developing countries have proper resources and women's health initiatives and things like that population growth decreases so like everyone acts like oh like all those starving kids well isn't that good like don't you want people to die or whatever i've literally heard people make that argument like don't you want less population but like in places where there's a bunch of starving kids there's way more children being born because they feel like they need to keep keep giving birth to kids in order to make up for all the kids that are dying yeah that's freaky. That's a scary thought. Yeah. But I I know it's like similar. I took one urban sustainability class. It was called Urban Cities, but it was also about sustainable programs in underdeveloped countries. And there was we had to um there was like a flow chart of we had one part of the world and we had to find a way for sustainable programs that mm-hmm. we could start. And there was one thing we looked up it was called a um it was like a, you know how we make we uh, we make our own reefs. We like we drop artificial reefs. Artificial yeah. reef. It's like this. I don't know if it's be considered be considered the same thing, but it was a building with like all the floors were gardens, and the way the water it was like the water would loop around the building and be like on a cycle, constantly watering the plants. It's like a closed loop. A closed loop of like watering these plants. So it's an urban garden sort of. It was really. In theory, it was brilliant. It was such a cool idea. To, and then we thought, you know, it provides jobs by, you know, maintaining this urban farm and then provides crops because it grows food and plants mm-hmm. and wild and all that. So the options are out there. I think people just don't want to go into it. They don't want to pay the money. They don't want to invest. They don't want to go out of their well, own. Well, we also put way too much responsibility on the average citizen, average consumer, when we're not making decisions about how our crops are grown or like or like anything we we can control what we buy and demand the market to go a certain way but that only can go so much it's where there needs to be regulation on how things are grown and how things are produced because there's a yeah there's only so much so you see so you more of a you kind of blame the corporate the the people that control it rather than the consumer you're more of a corporate the corporate is they they are manipulating the consumer into facilitating well the like corporations take advantage of the consumer of the consumer and they just they take advantage of the earth's resources yeah and they will do as much as they can get away with so it's also the government's responsibility to put regulations on corporations, which is not, what, you, which yeah, is what you're, yeah, which is what you're advocating for with with environmental policy, and you know, hopefully, eventually. What are you reading? Um, so 
I was interning for a brief time with something called the Borgen Project that was trying to reduce poverty. Wait, wait and is it funny that it rhymes with your name, though? Yeah. <laughs> I am Morgan. I work at Borgen. I work at the Borgen Project. Um, I quit after, like, a week because I just, I, I'm, like, over doing internships. I just couldn't anymore. I just said bye. Morgan's like, I like money, and uh, they're not going to give me any money, so <laughs> bye. I, I did my time. I've worked at so many nonprofits, so many women and child advocacy organizations for nothing. To and I did good. I just another college student can do it now. I'm I, yeah. I've done my time. You're gonna pass the reins on to another another do gooder, another yeah. person who wants to help. Yeah. Well, because yeah, I was looking this up because people act like it's so hopeless in the world, but actually. Um, in 2015, the percentage of global population living in extreme poverty fell below 10% for the first time. So, it's yeah. like it's it's decreasing. The kid like people and children that are starving and it's, living on less than a dollar a day, it's it's going below, down the below numbers. Below 10%. It's below 10% of the population. That's wild. But then you think 10% of 7 billion is a lot. Yeah. A lot of people. Um, I'm trying to find the other stuff. But yeah, I mean, I don't know how we just got onto this conversation, but I think we we went from acting to you to environment. I don't know something happened. Well, we were talking about things I eat. Oh, because um, what well, the play I'm reading? Oh, the character is a vegetarian. She's a, she's a vegetarian. <laughs> so yeah. How much does that contribute to her character? Does it? Is it a? Um, it's, it... it was just one line. <laughs> I, I'm a well, because because the line was like, um. Oh, I was like a hippie. I was always about peace and love. Like I'm a freaking vegetarian. Like why would I kill somebody? That was yeah. mine. Ah, yeah. Cool. Her name is Sunny. Sunny with a chance. <laughs> yeah. That show was really good. I miss that show. They don't play it on the dude, Disney Channel has gone downhill. Not to go off topic, but I'm very passionate <laughs> about just the decay of modern children's television. Like, whatever happened, whatever happened to Foster's Home for Imaginary Friends? Oh, that was good. Well, that was Cartoon Network. Yeah, but it doesn't matter. They're all in the same, they're on the same ballpark. Disney Channel, Nickelodeon, Cartoon Network have gone downhill over the past ten years. Like, iCarly was... Brilliant. So good. I remember, I can't remember what teacher it was. One of my middle school teachers, she thoroughly loved that show, and it wasn't, like, just trying to connect with her students. Like, she just really liked it. And would always talk about iCarly. And I don't know why it's bothering so, bothering me so much. I can't remember who it was. But it was like a like someone you wouldn't think would be watching Nickelodeon. Yeah. The thing about that show was that... What a good theme song. <laughs> I heard it the other the other week and I, I just... I forgot how it goes. Um, I don't want to like go into no, it. No, do it. <laughs> Alright, it starts off like a little drum like so it's... Dooch, 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 dooch. I know you see, uh, so. <laughs> and then somehow the world will change me be so wonderful. wonderful. That's it. <laughs> yeah, live life for you there. I know somehow we're gonna get there. Are you kidding me? What great writing, Miranda Cosgrove. <laughs> she did not write that song. It was her and Drake Bell, I think, before you know. Well, he... they. She sang it. Oh, poor Drake Bell. He kind of like. He's just grasping onto any opportunity to be in the. He's doing better. He's doing better. 
I saw him. He was like doing a live concert. He was singing the Drake and Josh theme song. He did a video. Aww, with, he, so sad. He did a like a video with Josh Peck about Josh Peck having like he's gonna have a kid soon. Well, because Josh didn't invite Drake to his wedding, and, and then he they, was pissed. But then they made up and they had a public hug. And there's a picture of them hugging, and it says, "Hug me, brother." <laughs> and I'll, there's like there's like a level of how 2006 do we have to go right now? So I have a theory. That he was invited to the wedding, just couldn't make it. And then they were like, let's... PR. Let's have some PR action. Let's let's make some shit happen let's right now. Let's get ourselves trending. And they were. Drake, Drake and Josh were almost as big as they were in 06, dude. That show was on from 2004 to 2007. And then they had a movie in 08. And then that's been it. They've been off the air for 10 years. Wow. I know. Oh, how the mighty have fallen. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's insane to think that I watched that show when it first aired, and I was like, I was conscious, I was very aware, and now I'm not, you know, now it's not there. I don't know, time is... You're so weird. Time has, I don't know, it's time slips away, and you're like, oh shit. I don't um, know. Yeah, but those Disney Channel original movies were so good. Some were good, some were bad. I like the one with the uh, Luck of the Irish one, where you like, yeah. the basketball one, and there was the... What else was there? You know what? doesn't even matter. I just know I would be... Because, I, I don't know, my dad is very protective over the TV and always has been, and he will not sit through a stupid anything that he does not like. So I used to go to my parents' TV and, like, have it quiet and, like, be watching the Disney Channel movies, and when you see that, like, film with the kids dancing and jumping into the film... That was great. Yeah. And then I'd get all excited, and then I'd be like, nope, I'm going to bed, get out of here. And uh, then I would have no TV to watch it. Oh, Lisa, always an early an early sleeper. Always. I, I was going to say early riser, but I was trying to find like the equivalent for the people who sleep early. I guess would it be early sleeper? It's early to bed, early to rise. Isn't that makes us something healthy and wise? I don't know. Apple a day keeps the doctor away. That's uh, different. I didn't eat any apples. That's my fault. <laughs> Yeah, you don't eat any fruits or vegetables. That's the problem. Yeah, you're very right. Man, I can't believe I'm still very bad at eating fruits and vegetables. And I'm 20. You, for a while, were forcing yourself to have those, like, green smoothies. And then I just gave up. Anyway, aside from my unhealthy life habits, (laughs) let's talk about something a little more interesting. Like, uh... Oh! did Did we fill them in on how fun Emma's confirmation was? (laughs) <laughs> we didn't, so I'm going to tell you now. Last Saturday, my little sister Emma had her confirmation. If you don't know what that is, I will explain it to you because we need more time on this podcast. So, the confirmation <laughs> is a sacrament of the Catholic Church in which young teenagers become adults in the eyes of the church, and they devote themselves and all that cool they stuff. They confirm their loyalty to, and love to, to Jesus and to blah, the, blah, blah. To the Catholic Jesus. To the Catholic Jesus. No one else is Jesus, just the Catholic Just one. the Catholic Jesus. So, the whole ceremony is about, you know, blah, blah, blah. The, the bishop comes, tells a bad joke, he rubs oil on your forehead, you have communion, you go home, you eat a bunch of big ziti and call it a night. So that's yes. what we did. I was my little sister Emma's sponsor. Uh, I had to stop clarifying that it's my little sister. But yes, I was her sponsor. And I was just sitting there just kind of... not. I wasn't making fun of it, but I was cramped in there. And I was trying to make light of the hot situation that this confirmation was. Because it was hot in there. Yeah, there was no... There was standing room only. 
Everyone was uncomfortable. And normally, mass lasts like an hour. But this lasted... 90 minutes. 90 minutes. They dragged every single song. Like, they just... They doubled it in length for no reason. Just because they wanted to make it longer. Yeah, I know. And then the priest was just infuriating me. Just everything about him. I'm not going to say his name because I don't want to get, you know, in trouble. For exercise. (laughs) Yeah, I guess. But <laughs> Is that he, how that works? I don't know. No, no. You just kind of get... Uh, it's called excommunicated, I think. They like they remove you from the church. Oh, uh, do are, they still do that to people? I mean, kind of. They didn't even do that to like the rapist priest. They're not excommunicated, they just, so I think you're okay. They sent them to like South America to... <laughs> that's, that's so fucked up. They just moved them around to different churches. They're like, just go to go to Guatemala. We got a, we got a parish down there for you. Yeah, so as you can tell, we're not big supporters of the catholic church i think i don't i don't hate the catholic church i just the sometimes the hypocrisy and the weird customs of it make me laugh yeah and morgan just despises it no i just i i don't want to be a part of it (laughs) i just feel like the same reason you it's very outdated hypocritical and it is weird though but yeah it's yeah, it's very out- outdated. My favorite thing, though, is when people are like, oh, it's moving... Oh, sorry. It was like, oh, it's moving forward, because they talk about the Pope being, like, progressive. Like, oh, he's such a new thinking, like, he likes the gays. And it's like, all right, listen, one guy out of a whole church. It's not... Well, he's supposed to be the leader of it, so what he says is supposed to go. But they literally still have people going up after church being like, we're going to have a sit-in at Planned Parenthood. Let's go yell at some people just trying to go to the doctor. Fight for the fetus. Fight for the fetus. Uh, oh my god, it's insane. I just... I, I can't <laughs> deal with it. Morgan's just actually getting emotional right now. We're making jokes. I'm not getting emotional. You're like, Planned Parenthood must stay. What? It's like your demon voice. It's like Planned Parenthood. We need to fund it. We do. I'm yes, just, I'm we just, do. I know we do. I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, you're funny. You make me laugh. Because I have strong passions. Yes. Fight for what's right. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, huh? <laughs> uh, huh. Br- what that Brett Kavanaugh? What a guy. What a guy. I read someone was talking crap about this Dr. Christine Ford. And, well, no, there was another person that came forward, too. Something Ramirez. The second woman came out recently. Yeah. She just came out, I think. Yeah, and so they were saying, um, the New Yorker reported that they weren't um, coming at this from a political standpoint, but one of them is um, said to, like, be really involved in fighting for human rights. And it's like, oh, God, no. Like, Like, why is that supposed to be something that's bad now? I don't understand. Man, fuck those humans. They don't need rights. <laughs> no, but... Um, Are he... they white? Are they male? Nope, no rights for them. Bye. Yeah. And then... <laughs> but um, Ken Jennings tweeted it. It was um, a Brett Kavanaugh meme. He was like, I have uh, this my 1982 rape-it-on calendar, the month where I don't rape anyone. <laughs> oh, I did see that. I sh- dude, I... I cackled. Oh, boy. Oh, sophisticated political humor. <laughs> but I think that's... We, we pretty much gave a good summary of what our past two weeks have been like. Oh, we watched the Anita Hill HBO movie, and I was like, uh-oh. I watched part of it, 
And then my Wi-Fi went out. I watched it up at school, and then I never got to finish it. I'm like, this I is... I mean, I know how it ends. He freaking gets the yeah. spot, but... Like, this is eerily familiar. Yeah. It looks like Brett, Bready Boy's gonna win a nice position, and we're gonna have to deal with it. Ah. Uh, Achilles' like, name's... His name's Brett? Like, yeah. I do not want a frat boy on the Supreme Court. I just... I can't. It's I, the principle of the thing. I mean, see, at least even, like, the old justices that I, justices that I didn't like had very, like, old-timey names, like Antonin. Come on. It's, yeah. Uh, Ruth. Come on. We need more Ruths on the... Ruthie. We need a Nance on there. A Nance. <laughs> Just all of our family names. Ooh. Oh, yeah. But... And, like, uh, I just... I, it's, see, we'll try to talk about other things, but... We always find Current our way. events just come. It's like on everyone's mind. It's so freaking stressful. I gotta delete the Politico app because they get updates at work of like, huh, Brett Kavanaugh, blah blah blah. Brett Kavanaugh, blah blah blah. Brett Kavanaugh. <laughs> and just, I'm like, I'm sick of reading his big white name. Uh, Kavanaugh. His face, that smug look on his face, knowing he's gonna get away with it. Oh, I know. Ugh, I just hate it. What are you gonna do? Anyway, I think we're getting too emotional right now. <laughs> we, we might have to pull back, have a nice snapple, and call it an evening. Yeah, so to all your 17-year-olds out there, don't rape your classmates. <laughs> It'll come back to bite you in the ass. <laughs> I like the ask like an instruction of it. Whatever you do, just don't rape, okay? <laughs> like, for the love of God, just try not to. Make an effort. Please. It's not that hard. It really isn't. Some self-control. Don't be a shithead. I don't know. Think about it. <laughs> Have a Snapple. <laughs> Have a Snapple. Cool off. Could that be Snapple's new ad campaign? Have a Snapple. Don't rape. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> don't rape. Have a Snapple. I think we're going to end on that high note of don't rape and have a Snapple. Yep. Thanks for listening, everyone. This it, has been episode 10. Yeah. Uh, the, how do you say 10 in Spanish? Diaz. Episode Diaz. Hey, thank you. I love you. Bye. Love you. Bye.